Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in the area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slamming pancakes It's a mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really could have devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. to cover tonight episode 142 tonight's live indeed 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 it is the pancakes and power slam show i'm your host as always chris featherstone along with my amazing comrade and co-host of this show derek how are you tonight sir i'm doing well myself personally wrestling wise not doing so great I'm kind of a lame duck lately. This is Pancakes and Power Slams, 347-884-8452. 90 minutes is never enough. We need to get the ball rolling. Yeah, not too much going on in the world of wrestling. I'm not too happy to say a whole lot about it, but uh, I'm willing to discuss it. So uh, let's get uh, let's get it going. Absolutely. Got so much to cover. For the week, is, we're going to talk about WrestleMania 2000 since we're in the TLC theme. Uh, we're going to talk about the first TLC match, WrestleMania 2000. And a lot of people say that WrestleMania 16 was one of the worst WrestleManias of all time. Uh, you know, I have my thoughts that I'll share at the end of the show. But we're going to talk about it. Let's get into the first trivia question. The first trivia question is, of course, Derek, you can't say it. Who is nicknamed the Japanese Buzzsaw? Who is nicknamed the Japanese Buzzsaw? 
Let's get into TLC. We start off with the the pre-show being New Day, the version of Kofi Kingston and Big E defeating Golden Stardust. I know Golden Stardust is your team, but at the same time, I tell you, there's something about the New Day. I don't know what it is, but there's something about the New Day that I like. I I just have no idea what it's uh, wh- why and why I like them. I guess it's because I I was uh conversing uh, there was some some chatter going on, on the Facebook page, the Crave Wrestling Facebook page. And one of uh one of our fans, he said that uh, he's not a fan of New Day and I replied by saying I think it's because of just being such a traditionalist, being so used to, you know, larger than life, you know, characters, gimmicks. You know, of course, you know, gimmicks isn't very popular these days, but uh, I don't know. I think it brings me back to some type of junkyard dog-esque feeling. I was a big JYD fan when I was a kid, and I think the probably Big E, uh, you know, do it for the day. Do it for the day. You know, it just there's something about it that brings me back to the junkyard dog. You know, and I think I finally pinpoint why I like the new day because it rewinds me 30 years. You know, as a little bitty kid watching the JYD with the bone and the thump. Huge JYD fan, and so I think that's why I like the new day because it brings me back to that type of that, that that type of character when I think of their gimmick. Uh, the, and I think, you know, with some time, with the claps and everything, I think the fans will get hip to the new day. I think, you know, they've only been around for a few weeks now. So I think it's I think it's about just give them some time. You know, just don't, uh, you know, I, I encourage people to don't, don't give up on the new day. Uh, I, initially, of course, I thought I wasn't going to like them. But uh, I, I do. I like the New Day. I think they're cool. And I'm very surprised that I like the New Day. But uh, so be it. I'm, I'm a fan, and I like what I see. Uh, gold Stardust, I mean, to me, they're still pretty much the pinnacle of the tag team division as far as I go. The New Day, I'm not too sold on them. They just seem to... Happy go, I don't know. It, it, it kind of reminds me of like the early Rocky My Via when he just comes out with the thumbs up and everything's good and great. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's kind of uh, I get it, and I don't. They're not a bad team. I mean, they're not a bad team. The gimmick, on the other hand, kind of weird. But I mean, them together as far as their uh, as far as the talent on that team, I mean, forget about it. I mean, that's great. So I mean, I like the team itself. I'm just gimmick. It's a little too heavy and too sappy for me to really get into. I agree. But, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think they're I think they're cheesy. I, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that they're cheesy, and they're excessively cheesy. But I think that's what's going to get them over, though, because at first, you know, one of the hottest commodities right now is Damian Mizdow, and when he first started, you know, he. People didn't like him. People thought it was ridiculous. People said, oh, no, this is another mockery gimmick. It's not going to work. But it worked. And not only did it work, he's one of the most popular people, 
you know, in the entire WWE right now. And 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 that came from initially a gimmick that you know people didn't think was going to work at all. So I, I'm a little bit more lenient. I'm a little bit more patient when it comes with uh, the New Day gimmick. I'm, I'm willing to wait out, wait it out, and see you know how that's going to work out. And so we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know they. they and and what I think another reason why is because Kofi Kingston was so incredibly stale, and you know of course uh, we we talked about this uh, during the, the the Moose interview, but he was so incredibly stale, and there was nothing going on for Kofi Kingston. We talked about Kofi Kingston so many times as far as him being such a horrible. You know, wrestler is not 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 a horrible wrestler, but his his gimmick was just so bad, so stale, that he needed to do something. He needed to do something very very quickly, and the new day is that is is what he needed. It's, I think out of anyone, Kofi Kingston needed this new day stable more than anyone else because it finally gave him an opportunity to. Uh, have some type of character, some type of charisma that he that hasn't been, you know, existing for quite some time. So, you know, kudos to that. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm cool with it, you know, for now. And, and, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Next, we have uh, the actual show, the TLC. Uh, we'll get into the pay-per-view. Once again, wh- who is nicknamed the Japanese Buzzsaw? We'll get into the pay-per-view. We got Dolph Ziggler defeating Luke Harper in the ladder match. Becomes the uh, an Intercontinental Champion for the fourth time, I believe. And I'll tell you what. This match was absolutely incredible. Incredible. I said before, you know, Luke Harper's a great wrestler, especially for his agility. He's very, you know, he can uh, he can suicide dive and do all types of uh, cool, you know, uh, some cool moves for for his size. And you know, I, I'm all I'm all for it. I think it's awesome. I think it gives, you know, and I, I think it gives us an opportunity to see how cool, you know, and amazing he is as a, as a high flyer. Is a very agile big man. He's one of the most agile big mans that uh, that the WWE have right now, and I, I I absolutely love it. But I'm not too, you know, I, I like his I like his in ring work, but I'm you know his character his character can can uh, you know, I can spare his character altogether. I'm not I'm not a fan of Luke Harper. Um, when he was Brody Lee, I think you know I liked when he was Brody Lee in the Indies. But Luke Harper, I understand it. I think it worked well with the Wyatt family. But now you know, yeah, it, it's a standalone Luke Harper isn't uh, as exciting to me or compelling to me as as a, a Wyatt family Luke Harper. But He's been holding his own. He's been doing a fantastic job doing it as far as his in-ring work. Speaks for itself for sure. And, you know, his match against Dolph Ziggler was just absolutely insane. For it to be a ladder match, for it to open up, 
uh, for it to be an opener for for the, the the pay-per-view, I think it was a great call for to open the pay-per-view because it set the tone of the pay-per-view. Although there wasn't much in the pay-per-view that uh, you know w- was exciting after that, but this was a great way to set the tone for the pay-per-view, and it was the match of the night by far, in my opinion. And I'm glad that uh, Dolph Ziggler had an opportunity to reclaim the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, I do as well. I was the best match, the best match of the night. Dolph Ziggler. It's like I want him to stay relevant, but I almost feel like they're just kind of using him as a filler, and he's just going to kind of end up in the realm of Sheamus and Miz, and you know, like nothing's really going to come out of this push. But I really want it to. I think. Uh, he could do it. He can perform. He can go. I mean, he's been in the spotlight in the last two pay-per-views. Or SummerSlam. Last night he wasn't main event, but, I mean, he had the best match. And, like you said, set the tone. Won the title back. And last night, or, uh, yeah, last night on Raw, you know, he's, he's so relevant. I really want something to come out of his push, but I almost feel like that the WWE's just going to pull out on him as soon as Daniel Bryan comes back and Roman Reigns and, Anyone else that uh, is going to jump back from being injured was lit. So, I mean, what do you think? What do you think, Dolph Ziggler? Is this uh, is this something that could really end up being something great for him, or is it just going to kind of fizzle into? They're just using him now to later kind of push him back to the end of the line. I think that they're see. They really wanted him to do something last year, you know, when he was a heel and won the world championship, had that amazing reaction after WrestleMania 29. And I I think, you know, there were some some issues that came that put him in a doghouse as far as some interviews and some, you know, some some comments that he made outside of the ring that put him in a, a really bad position for a long time. I think he's one of those guys that that you can't you you can't keep silent as far as the the fan reaction to Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler's over as much as you want to bury him and put him in the doghouse and do whatever you want to do. He's still going to be over, and I think that the I think that the WWE is is really understanding that more and more as weeks go by. I you know I I, I want to say a. WWE-esque booking side, and I'm going to say a personal side. WWE booking side says Brock Lesnar is going to just crush everyone. Roman Reigns is the guy, and Roman Reigns is going to you know propel us to the future. He's going to win the title at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar, and you know you'll have some people who will feud with him. Probably like, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Orton turns heel again. It looks like he's already going to feud with Show. I wouldn't be surprised if he feuds with Show down the line. Brock Lesnar, you know, coming back again to to set up a a match again with Roman Reigns. I can see those things happening. Uh, There's just a a list of, of heels to go against Roman Reigns. Uh, and I'm cool with that because I, I keep saying Roman Reigns is the guy, and I think he should be the guy because he has the appearance, he has the look, 
He's growing. You know, he took acting classes to work to you know to improve his mic work. So he's really invested in his character, which I can appreciate. He has the look. He has the charisma. He's over. I, I like him. He's the guy for the WWE. He should be the guy who gets the baton passed to him. I'm all in favor of that. But I think you have people like Dolph Ziggler. Um, I think you have people like even really uh, Kofi Kingston even can can you know argue this, especially Dolph Ziggler as far as you know him being over. I think that you should give him another world title run. I think, and I and I talked to a, a, a colleague of mine that I think that. You should give, I think the WWE should give Dolph Ziggler one more title run somewhere next year. Maybe even down the line, maybe even summertime, maybe even, you know, if that Roman Reigns is going to win in the spring, so maybe the summer might not be uh, uh, close enough. Even if it's this time next year, by this time, by this time next year, you know, Roman Reigns would be eight months into really main event status, and I'm sure he'll lose the title within maybe four or five months. So whatever heel has that title at the time, probably Brock Lesnar or someone to that nature, maybe even a Rusev, you should give Dolph Ziggler that opportunity to win the title one more time, and the place will go bananas. The place will erupt. And so, sadly, I don't think that's going to happen. But at the same time, I surely hope it does, because I think he deserves... Um, at least one more title reign. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, that's great. And so, um, good thing for Dolph Ziggler. Really want him to achieve and be uh, be something we can hold on to, just uh, for his sake and just for everyone's sake, and viewing's sake. After that, we had Usos versus Miz Dows. I'm. Are you getting kind of tired of the? Uh, Miz Dow always mocking the Miz. I mean, it's almost ready. I'm ready for Miz Dow to just kind of break out and start pulling his sway. Obviously, everybody in the world wants it, WWE world anyway. Let's uh, let's see this going. It was a good match last night. Ended up in disqualification. However, you know, Usos are looking a little tighter these days. I mean, the tag team division really isn't that bad right now. But um, it's Miz Dow and. Miz, I think it's it's pretty soon. Writing's on the wall. It's going to break up, but I'm I'm ready for it. I'm not ready for it yet, just because I want it to happen at Mania. I want that to be a Mania match. Um, I you know I wrote an article about it on Bleach Report, and you know I said I said make it for the title, make it for Intercontinental title, I, and that was because you know the Miz was in the shuffle at that time. But I'm I'm totally okay with it not being for a title just because, you know, I appreciate the WWE at least trying to put some prestige back to the Intercontinental Championship again. And so, you know, Miz Dow winning it, I don't think that that'll help any. Um, so I'm totally okay with it not uh, being uh, a, for, for a title for sure. But I think it should happen. Without question, I think it should happen. And I, I, I certainly think... Um, that it should happen at at uh, WrestleMania uh, because I, I I definitely think that uh, that that it would be a really good opportunity to uh, break out the uh, Damian Mizdow 
and I think it'll be a really good opportunity to uh, make him just a, a baby face by himself and see what he does. I think that I think that that really is the uh, the, the litmus test, so to speak, with with Damian Mizdow. Is he over because he can because he has the opportunity to continue to mock the Miz, or is he over because he so you know people appreciate you know him being so innovative with his character and he's hilarious and when he becomes a face you know he'll keep that type of steam you know going behind him you know that's the real you know those are the real litmus tests when it comes to seeing how good uh a would be does he remain Mizdow? does he you know does does he uh become Sandow again as far as not the not the intellectual savior of the masses type of gimmick, but does he change his name back to Sandow? So you know those are those are some 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 things to to really think about when it, when it comes to him breaking out you know by himself, which would be pretty interesting to see. So it, I, you know I'm okay with it, and I, and I think it should happen, uh, but like I said, I am. It is interesting to see where it's going to go as as far as him being a baby face. Uh, I'm not tired of it now just because I think it's funny because he's doing he's even doing some extra stuff. He's he's you know the past few weeks we've seen him be more physical. We've seen him you know uh like for instance it was on uh, I think it was even on SmackDown today or or main event one of the, one of the two uh, yeah, it was, or was it on Raw? It may have been on Raw. It was, it was one of those times, but that, um, they, they were, the Usos had, both of the Usos had the Miz up for the atomic drop, and the, uh, Miz Dow, he gets up on the, uh, the, the turnbuckle post, and he goes up, and he, you know, puts his legs up, like, <laughs> just you know, just like uh, Miz, and I think that you know stuff like that still has life to to it, and and that's what I'm that's the type of stuff that I'm I'm cool with seeing because I still think it has I still think his mockery has life to it, which you know hey you know I say keep squeezing the sponge until every leak of water comes out, and I think when you do that, that really gives him an opportunity to really. Uh, become his own character because, like I said, him as a baby face, I don't quite know if it'll survive alone without him mocking the Miz. So that'll be very, there'll be something interesting to see, you know, when they do. Eventually, we'll see a breakup. That's no, that's no question about that. Especially since the Miz is, you know, kind of taking dominance over his character, tagging in when. Mizdow doesn't really be tagged in. He's holding both of the titles. He's holding both, you know, he's holding the slammies. And I like that because he's taking dominance over the character. So we'll see a standalone Mizdow. But, you know, like I said, the question is uh, will he be as, as over as he is now since he won't be mocking the Miz anymore? Next, we have uh, Big Show and uh, Eric Rowan. Now, you know, both of us, I don't know if. I think you said you want to. I think you on the prediction show last week. I think you said Eric Rowan. I'm not sure, but I said Eric Rowan just because I th- I thought that the WWE was going to actually give 
Eric Rowan an opportunity to become a standalone character similar to Luke Harper, but I, I don't really see that, you know. And sadly, because he lost to, to, to uh, he, he lost to Big Show at TLC, and then he lost. We'll get to Raw, but he lost at Raw, and then you know, well. Well, no, he then he lost at uh, main event. Is what I'm thinking. He lost the main event today, so you know, two straight losses. And when they're when they're trying to, you know, build his character, you have two straight losses. So I think that that was a horrible idea. I think that's horrible booking. But you know, in hindsight, by looking at it from more of a wider lens. It makes sense because it, from what it seems like, they're building, you know, they're they're grooming Big Show to put Roman Reigns over, which I'm okay with the Show and Reigns feud because I actually think that Show and Reigns would actually help Reigns get over. Although that doesn't really make sense much, you know, from a Big Show from a you know overall scale because heel or face, bad or good. You know, whoever, Big Show was just one of the most tired, worn-out characters in the WWE. But I think just because of the size, I think because, you know, him feuding with someone who is bigger and stronger, it's kind of that underdog pop that I keep talking about. And I think that he finally would have the opportunity to garner that underdog pop going against the Big Show because when he was, you know, before the injury, he had a, he was kind of like, well, he was basically going on the same road as Cena, just overcoming the odds but not really having an underdog pop. I, I just really, you know, he was beating up everybody and it just wasn't really, I, I didn't really like the way they were booking him. But, Going against the Big Show is, I think, it's a good idea. If anything, you know, if any time I'll be okay with anybody feuding with the Big Show, I think this is the time because uh, Roman Reigns needs that type of feud to really put him just just to really climb up the ladder even more. I'm okay with this feud. Yeah, it's a good feud. I mean, uh, Reigns has to start somewhere. Big Show, I mean, he's taking bumps for a lot of people, but he's still a, he's still a big guy, world's largest athlete, so on the marquee it always looks great. So I understand, and it's great for Roman Reigns to come in and kind of pick up where we left off at. But I'm just kind of curious, Chris, has anyone answered the question yet, the trivia question? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a Jerry. It's a Jerry is the correct answer. Yeah, I'm glad that you said something about that. Well, okay, if it makes you feel any better, I'll give you the next one here. The next question is, what year did the Giant debut in WCW? How how fitting uh, that we're talking about uh, the big show. So what year did the Giant uh, debut in WCW? I want to say 1995. Is that your final answer? Yes. <sighs> You're correct. 
1995 is the correct answer. Great job. <laughs> Great job. Next, we have John Cena defeating uh, Seth Rollins in a tables match. Well, there's a few things that I was uh, surprised about this. One, the timing uh, uh, of the match. Uh, as far as where they put the match, it was midway through the show. And to have a big, you know, return for Roman Reigns that also surprised me because it seemed like that would have been that would have been more of an end of the show type of thing. And yeah, it was just it was just weird to me. I it was just I really didn't understand that much. And you know, of course, John Cena not main eventing is is you know makes a lot of people happy. <laughs> but at the same time, I think the you know if the stronger emphasis is Roman Reigns, you know him returning halfway through the show is is a bit bit weak to me. But at the same time, and I've tweeted about this many times, and I had many had many you know conversations about this as well. You know we're overexposing Roman Reigns before his debut. You know before his real return. I, I just and I we I, we've talked. You and I have talked about this before. It just boggles me why you would have, why you would take away the element of surprise from your guy, from the next guy, from the guy that you're basically going to pass the torch to. You want him to get as much steam, as much momentum behind his character as you possibly can. I don't need to to have random via satellite interviews from you. We we don't need that. We none of us really care about your your you know <laughs> personal life as far as how your surgery is going more than we care about your character and I mean and I'm saying this from a from a kayfabe side. Of course, you know, away from wrestling we care about your physical health. That's very important. But as wrestling fans we're not worrying about just random how am I doing, you know, stops to the WWE via satellite. That's that's not something that we're necessarily intrigued about. We're intrigued in your character. So why would why would you continue to have random stops on Raw via satellite saying I'm okay, I'm getting better? That that, that just takes away the steam of the mystique of the surprise return. It takes away that. Now, if he would have returned on TLC without us having to see him randomly on Raw via satellite, it would have had more momentum behind it. But I, the fact that they just had him return a couple times, and even when he returned to accept the Slammy, you know, maybe that would have worked. But I would have even really protected his character uh, even then, you know, and had somebody else coming out come out for him and. And something of that nature, you have to. WWE has to really do better, do a better job at protecting characters. Now they're doing really good with with Rusev, but you really have to do a. They, they really have to do a, good, a better job protecting characters. I really don't think that they're protecting. I mean, they're protecting Roman Reigns as far as a win loss type of, you know, protection, but not so much as character as far as the steam and the momentum. We don't need to see random. How how you're doing via satellite visits? I totally agree. Hey, how you doing? My name's Roman Reigns. Remember me? And right. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're home. I ordered a pizza last night. It's pretty good. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. It's silly that it's. But I mean, he is who he is. They're still going to use him the way they are. So you know, it's too late. They can't take it back. But yeah, it was kind of right. dumb. Hey, I'm glad yeah. to see that you're doing okay. Hope you come back soon. Yeah. Let me know. I'll Dave make my you... return next month. I'll be, I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it just it's it, it's overkill. Yeah, it's it's absolutely overkill, and and you know, like, and, and you know, you make a good point too. You know, it's like, hey, you know, yeah, I just went shopping before I came on this satellite. I was almost late to my visit. You know, just you know, we don't we don't need to know all that. We, we're we're concerned about your character, so that's what they need to do. And I, just imagine, Derek, the 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 tremendous pop that he would have received. If we didn't see him at all from his injury, they they reported his injury, uh, and you know six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, and it would have been so amazing if we didn't see him at all until Rumble, and he would have been the surprise entrant at the Royal Rumble, and that would have been so amazing for his character. It would have been absolutely amazing. I don't understand why they didn't do that. Then we have Nikki Bella defeating AJ Lee. AJ's on her way out anyways. I was totally expecting this. And, you know, the the very fact that we didn't see her on Raw or SmackDown this week uh, is probably solidifying the rumors even more that uh, she's a goner. And like I said before, you know, it didn't seem like she didn't. Her heart didn't really seem in in wrestling in the first place. And uh, you know, it. Uh, she was, you know, she was good. AJ Lee's one of the best. You know, I, I would say that AJ Lee's probably one of the top ten. I would give her a top ten ever uh, divas run altogether. But as far as just you know, this year, uh, especially the the latter half of this year, yeah, I mean, you can tell that she wasn't really in it, and you know, na 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 to to AJ Lee for sure. Yeah, that's too bad. She was a different diva. As far as like when you think of like the big time divas of the past, where they're really you know had the sexy image and everything. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, she's a she can really catch your eye, but she wasn't the typical. She was more athletic. She was more of the, I don't want to say tomboy, but. But I mean, she still had that sexy side to her. But yeah, I mean, you can tell that she just wasn't into it anymore. And I'm going to miss her. She had different personalities. She was than any other diva that ever came to the WWE. Her personality was more of a punk. A CM Punk, no pun on that, but kind of a just stick it to the authority type of thing. So it was, it was. I enjoyed her run. I hate to see her go, but yeah, I understand it's whatever. So you know, yeah. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Nah, I'm not either. And I'm sure her her boy, her man, CM Punk, would actually probably gain more sleep from her leaving because. They get to spend more time together. Oh, how cute. 
Yeah. So next we have Ryback defeating Kane in a chairs match. Um, see, and and I tweeted this too, you know, and I and I think I said this on the show last week. You know, CM Punk basically gave Ryback, uh, you know, a push because of the back and forth that they went through, you know, through Twitter and stemming from CM Punk's interview. But you know, I think it's. I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool to, to to really see Ryback get a second chance because I think I think Ryback's character was uh, something that had some potential to it when he reached his zenith as a, as a babyface a couple years ago. I think it had some steam to it. I think the whole uh, Brad Maddox and uh, and the Shield. I think they really just really slammed his character and so you know i I think it's cool i I think it's a good idea that they're reviving his character but here's the thing with that it kind of falls into what you said about Dolph Ziggler Roman Reigns is the guy and he's going to be the guy and so I you know Daniel Bryan is going to come back Dolph Ziggler's the Intercontinental Champion. So, you know, it's one of those things that what are they really going to do with with his character in the long run? You know what I mean? So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, and and him, it seems like he's feuding with Rusev, and I, and I like this. I, I, it's another feud that I wish would have went to WrestleMania. Um, but... At least they're trying to do something. I think Ryback really needs a mid-card championship. So, you know, hopefully they do something with it. We saw on SmackDown. We'll get to SmackDown here soon. But we saw on SmackDown, you know, more more feuds with, you know, more. They intensify the feud, basically. And so I'm totally okay with Rusev and, and, and Ryback. I just... I think Rusev should should have his first pin loss at at uh, WrestleMania, and you know it, it's only less than four months away, three and a half months away. So it's it's actually uh, it's actually I guess you can you, you can say it's sooner than it than it looks like because it is next year in the springtime, but that's only three and a half months away. So. I don't know if this. I don't know if they're starting the feud now to go into Mania, which I'm a big fan of long feuds. But the WWE doesn't really do a good job keeping them long and keeping them interested. So we'll see. But as of right now, I'm totally cool with Rusev and and, and Ryback, and I definitely think that Ryback should be the guy. That's why I'm wondering how they're going to play. You know how they're going to map it out until Mania, because. Um, I'm just wondering how, when they're going to give Rusev his first pin, and it shouldn't be till Mania, and how does Ryback kind of fit into that equation? Yeah, I mean, I can get all that, but the thing about, you know, waiting for all this to happen at WrestleMania, I mean, they have, WWE desperately needs something to do until WrestleMania. I mean, they can build all these feuds, which would be great. But yeah, they're not they're impatient. They're not gonna wait that long. They're not gonna let all this stuff fester. So it's like they have to kinda of jump start some things just to 
Because, again, you got three or four months. you got Roy Rumble pay-per-view, which everyone's going to expect to be great. And, you know, what are the odds of that happening? 50-50. But they got to have something to entice you. So I can kind of see why they're kind of wanting to, you know, jump ship on some of these feuds. Just to, And, you know, it could be another, you know, who knows? So WrestleMania, we could see Brock Lesnar against John Cena, part four. I mean, I never thought we'd see three times of them fighting. But obviously, that's going to happen. So, I mean, they have to have something. They need some lifeblood to carry the, the product, the WWE, to WrestleMania. But they have to have some pretty big upsets and losses or something and, until then. So, I mean, it's maybe this little this little small few can... Maybe Rusev could lose it. Royal Rumble, and then he gains redemption to... WrestleMania loses again. Who knows? There's a lot of time. There's a lot of wrestling that's going to take place before until WrestleMania. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, and then you had oh, right after that was Rusev squashing Jack Swagger. It just makes me realize just more and more that man. They really don't have anything for Jack Swagger in the long run. He was such a pawn in the Russian chess game <laughs> that it was ridiculous. You had, you know, you, you you threw Zip Culture in the mix, even, you know, and 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 it's like, wow, for you, you do that type of build for that. That's absolutely ridiculous to me. I don't understand why they would do something like that, knowing that they've put together good matches. And why would you even put Jack Swagger in another feud with Rusev in the first place, as if we forgot that they were feuding a, a few months ago? I just—that's what I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. And even if they were going to feud, which they did. Don't insult our intelligence and hardly ever mention anything about the fact that they just feuded. That's what I don't like. I don't like that about the WWE. They just kind of insult our intelligence and, make, and pretend that we just forget about certain things, different feuds, past feuds. And, you know, I'm okay with just recycling feuds because, you know, eventually a feud's going to have to be recycled. Uh, if it's, you know, because there's only always ever going to be just, you know, a, a select few of main eventers that just have recycled feuds, so I understand that. But, you know, mention them. You know, give us the history lesson. JBL is always big on giving history lessons. Give us the history lesson of, of a previous feud. I remember, you know, there's a lot of uh, speculation, a lot of uh, rumors and, and, and scuttlebutt going around as far as uh, the 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 couple matches that uh, the Taker and, and Triple H had at 28 and 29, and well, well 27 and 28 because he went against Punk in 29, the the matches that they had in 27 and 28, and Vince didn't want any of the commentators to mention that they had a match at 17. And to me, that was one of the most ridiculous things as a wrestling fan that I can that I can hear. Period. That's one of the most ridiculous things. Because why not give us a history lesson of you know their feud? They had a match ten years ago, and the match was one of the best of the night. 
at arguably the best pay-per-view in, in you know, WrestleMania history. So why not give us that history lesson? And they did the same thing here. Why not give us the history lesson, the brief history lesson, and recent history lesson of Rusev and Jack Swagger? Why not have Jack Swagger said, I'm not done with you, or, or you know, say something to that, that nature? I don't understand why they would do something like that. It doesn't make any sense to me. But at the end of the day, none of it meant anything because it was a squash match and it was a total waste of time. I, I think that this really should have been should have been in the pre-show more than anything, because it was absolutely ridiculous to me, uh, and I think that the the new day versus uh, the Golden Stardust would have been a better addition to the main card than this was. Yeah, it's like Jack Swagger. He's almost like the Robert Griffin the third of uh, wrestling. And he just he's a total failure. It just it makes no sense. I mean. Lately, the last year or so, especially against Rusev. I mean, exactly, a history lesson. That would have been great. Even more better with The Undertaker and Triple H because this would be like the I'm going to get even with you type of match from 10 years ago. But I mean, we're talking Rusev and Swagger. It was only a couple months ago. And this has to be, I don't, I can't. How many times has Swagger went against Rusev, either on Raw or a pay-per-view, within the last six months? I mean, it probably takes at least a half a dozen. Yeah, <laughs> at, least. at least. And it's just, and last night, yeah, again, it was a squash match. It was ridiculous. It, you know, again, you know, that's why TLC just absolutely failed as being a pay per view that if I would have had to pay a dime for it, oh my goodness. And yeah, it's the same it, thing. It, it, it was a repeat of Mon- Monday Night Raw, was a repeat of TLC, and almost SmackDown tonight was a repeat from Monday Night Raw last night. Yeah, it was, you know, so many, so many bad things, you know, about, about this, this, this uh, TLC pay-per-view. It was rushed. It felt rushed. It's, it just, everything about it just seemed rushed. And, you know, you have Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose main event TLC. I understand that they, you know, this is their their second month at having their feud. I understand that, but it's you know to me it's like, why would you, you know, build this feud up? Cena and Rollins to me would have been a, a much better main event to be honest with you because you had the Roman Reigns factor in there. No, no, don't get me wrong. Wyatt and Ambrose was a good match. You know, they, they they were a good match for sure. But at the same time, it's like you could just tell that it was just a trial and error pay-per-view. And no pay-per-view should ever be like that. No pay-per-view should ever be, you know, hey, we're going to give this a go. And, you know, we hope that you know, we're just doing this to really give people some exposure of these two being the potential main eventers. No, I say this all the time, and it rings true. Nobody can debate me on this, and if they try, they would get Rusev crushed. The money is in the build. The money is in the build. You have to build wrestlers. You have to build storylines. That's where people get hooked. 
the money's in the build. Just imagine, and I was thinking about this. Just imagine someone like Funaki come prancing in and winning the WWE Championship. They just get booked to win the WWE Championship. That would be an absolute flop. It would be a disaster. It would be a disgrace to the championship. But if you have someone like Dolph Ziggler who busts his butt day in and day out to become champion, the legitimate champion, and not just some you know 10-minute champion like he was on SmackDown before Edge beat him, but for him to have his first legitimate reign as champion, won the money in the bank, you know, wait, you know, what, six, it was, it was, what, uh, nine months. It was, it was nine months that he had the, the case. One of the, one of the longest case holders in, in the history of the money in the bank. And so it worked his way up and continue month and month and month and month. And then cash it in the day after WrestleMania against Alberto Del Rio, the place erupted. And that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say the money is in the build. That's exactly why you should understand, the WWE should understand why it's so powerful to build wrestlers, to build storylines. We always talk about traditional wrestling here because Derek and I are such traditionalists because it all goes back to that. You know, you have people like your Stings. You have people like your Lex Lugers who had awesome builds. They had amazing builds with Flair. They had amazing builds with the Horsemen. And if Sting would have just pranced on in and, and won the title, it wouldn't mean as much. But no, he had a time on the jaw class of champions in 1989. You know, he had many times when he would almost reach the brass ring and he would get... You know, it would be a disqualification win because the horseman would come and jump him. That's how you build characters. That's how you build legacies. That's how you build champions. You can't just throw somebody at us and expect for us to like him. What happened to the old school art of building? I just don't understand it. I think that's something that the WWE is lacking tremendously at. And that's still something that a wrestling fan, I don't care if you're old, new, I don't care color, race, gender, whatever. That's something that the that, that's something that a wrestling fan still craves for is the art of the build. And and WWE is 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 missing it. And we see that with Wyatt and Ambrose. You have a disqualification uh, match at one of your biggest pay-per-views of the year, Survivor Series. And for some reason, we're supposed to buy into the fact that this is a main event at one of the worst pay-per-views of the year, and that's going to help their credibility. And and Dean Ambrose lost, so it's not going to really help his credibility at all. It's not going to improve his stock at all. And Wyatt's had many chances to, to, to up his stock, and now they're talking about that he may fight The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And I think that would be absolutely just tremendously awful because if if, if 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 The Undertaker comes back, there's no doubt in my mind that he has to go against, um, against Lesnar again. 
but Lesnar will probably be champion because Roman Reigns will beat him. But I, you know, but I'll be okay if I see Roman Reigns and John Cena too. I'd be okay with that. And and I don't know. This is one of those things that you, you miss the point when you just don't build wrestlers and don't build them properly. That's why Rusev is so good as a as a pure heel because he's one of the only wrestlers that actually has a really good build going behind him. So. We'll see how it goes. I'm not a big fan of Wyatt and Ambrose's feud, and I don't like how they're building either one of them. I don't either, and you're right. It seems pushed. I mean, I'm, they're still mid-carders to me. They're not somebody yes. who's going to care the pay-per-view. But, uh, yeah, what else did the WWE have? I mean, yeah, you could have had Rollins against Cena for the, for the main event, but uh, Rollins just is so lackluster. He's like monotone Billy. He just yeah. he he seems so everything is so like he's reading a teleprompter or something. I mean, there's no spontaneous. He's so everything is like this and this is like that, and I'm really upset. And you deserve to be beaten up by me. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not. I mean, it's not. Uh, put some Shakespeare into it or something. I mean, he's yeah. got nothing. He's a total, He's a doorknob. He's a brick wall to me. Yeah. And spot on, absolutely spot on. His mic work is so monotone. I'm not convinced by when. See, here's the thing: you've got to, and that's why I'm I'm totally okay with taking acting classes because there's certain there's certain cadences, there's certain mannerisms, there's certain nuances that you really have to inhibit uh, and habit by being a good mic worker. I mean, if you think of the some of the best mic workers. And the history of the business, you know, you of course, you, you know, Hogan, large and alive character. Of course, you have people like Jake Roberts, who's just uh, a gem when it comes to being mic workers. And, you know, even Arn Anderson, Randy Savage, people like them. Jericho's a good mic worker. Even Punk's a good mic worker. I'd even give Cena, you know, uh, sometimes I'll even get Cena. Rock's a good mic worker. Uh, you know, during his heyday, Austin, of course, is a good mic worker. You're, you're, it's like you're living out your character, and your character is so strong and so unique and special that what whatever comes out of your mouth is just an overflow of who your character is. And all the people that I that I stated fit that mold. I mean, you have. You know, you you know something, dudes. When I say that, who do you think of? Well, I certainly don't think of Seth Rollins because Seth Rollins can't do anything like that. But that has to be Hawk Hogan, of course. Exactly, exactly. And when I say something like, you know, um, finally, who's that? That certainly has to be The Rock. Cause Seth Rollins could never do anything like that, and that's for sure. Exactly. Exactly, it's The Rock. And if I say something like, trust me, who's that? Trust me. That's not Seth Rollins. That's all I got to say about that. Trust me. Trust me. When I say trust me, of course, I'm thinking of Jake the Snake Roberts. Do you trust me? Or, you know, if I, even if I said that, you'd probably, you'd probably understand it a little bit more. So, yeah. but, if I... Hey, it, it, could Jake the Snake Roberts go out in the middle of the ring and cut like a almost a twenty minute promo at the beginning of Raw? 
he was good in his promos when they were like a couple minutes, but do you think he could carry 20 minutes? See, here's the thing with Roberts, man. I think Roberts is so amazing on the mic that he sucked in the viewers. I mean, like, period. The, the they 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 really they really sucked in the viewers and they sucked in the audience and that's what was so amazing about Jake Roberts. I mean, period. He was such a good promo cutter that he was he was so slimy and slithery and he really engulfed engulfed his character within his mic work. And so, first of all, I don't think anyone should cut. A long promo. What's so amazing about promos is that, you know, when I think about promos, I think about the Saturday Night Main Event, you know, little promos they would have before uh, the 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 main show, and they would have it during, you know, during the show with Mean Gene Okerlund, and you know, you would get your good thirty seconds, but you know, having long promos that they do now is just it, it just kind of waters. It, waters down a character, you know, so to speak, because, you know, you have a big, you have a big segment in the beginning, and it lasts like 20 minutes, and it's just, it just really, that that's their version of really helping, you know, a, a it, it's their version of really helping a character, but at the same time, it's like, we need to see some good promo working, but I think I think Jake Roberts was so awesome as a promo cutter that it would have worked. But you know, even Austin, Austin was an amazing promo cutter as well. But you know, if I say, and that's the bottom line, and people will say, well, people will think of Austin, and so that's that's the whole point. You know, you have to engulf your character within your within your mic work. And Seth Rollins doesn't have a character to really engulf from his mic work because, and I've said this before, his character development is so horrible that it's just it's just a travesty to to see, you know. And I followed him when he was in ROH as, as a, a Tyler Tyler um, a Black, and he was really he was really good, you know. He 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 didn't. He wasn't really known so much for his mic work, but his his in ring, you know, uh, capabilities and in ring work really atoned for that. But it's like nowadays, there's not many people that can work with that. I think I think if they do Ryback properly enough, if if they treat him properly enough, I think that they'd be able to. Um, I, I think that they'd be able to do that with him, you know, with, within his mic works. And so, um, yeah, I don't know. Let, let's get to Raw. Let's get to Raw real quick. Next question here. It seems like uh, a lot of uh, the, the the Pancakes and Power Slams uh, fans on the wearewrestling.net, uh, the stream went up late, and so they're in another thread. And so they were commenting in another thread. Uh, but yeah, if you're listening to the show, come over to the Pancakes and Power Slam stream for those uh, for our listeners over at RealWrestling.net. Come over to the Pancakes and Power Slam stream, so you know we we can have our team monitor it a little bit better uh, as far as the comments and the trivia questions. Um, and of course, everybody who uh, 
who interacts through Twitter, go, you know, go right ahead and keep tweeting um, the, your answers and, and as well. The next question does go to Derek again, though, and that is, what former WWE Tag Team Champion is nicknamed Uncle Fred? What, w, uh, what former WWE Tag Team Champion is nicknamed Uncle Fred? I think I might have stumped you on this one. Yeah, yeah I don't think I, <laughs> I think I stumped him. Yeah, Uncle Fred is uh Fred Ottman, uh which of course is better known as Tugboat, Typhoon, Shockmaster. Um I think he was called like uh Super Shockmaster at one point in time or something like that, but yeah, yeah. He <laughs> Uncle Fred. They were they called him Uncle Fred. Uh yeah, Tugboat. Good job. Uh they called him Uncle Fred. Uh, that was his nickname backstage was Uncle Fred. And uh, when he was a shockmaster, when he made his uh, big tumble, of course, that's one of the most funniest moments in, in pro wrestling and all of wrestling history. Um, you know, Dusty Rhodes were talk, was talking about how um, <laughs> how Uncle Fred was uh, was his nickname and. Uh, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Fred just fell, and yeah, it was absolutely hilarious when they would do that. So, yeah, that was a lousy right, question. Next. That does not count because no, that's not a lousy question. Because uh, we, we've got people. Nah, we've got people answering. So it, just because you don't know the answer doesn't mean it's lousy. Did yeah, you see so. this backstage YouTube video where they say Uncle Fred when they're in private and you know, whatever? What what cereal no. did he eat on morning of February twenty no, eighth? It's, it's just a matter of you, you know, being an avid wrestling fan and yeah, yeah. those who and especially, you know, here's the thing. My boy John Crisp over at RealWrestling dot net, you know, said tugboat. So there you go. You know, and I'm sure that uh, he doesn't spend I'm sure that he doesn't spend all of his days and hours on end, you know, watching wrestling, although we, and I'm sure that he is as well, avid wrestling fans. And of course, everybody knows 142 episodes in, and this this show will be three years old and, and, and you know, four months, a little three and a half months. And so uh, within the past, you know, nearly three years, you know, people. I, I've made it very clear throughout my knowledge and <laughs> as a journal, as a wrestling journalist that you know I, I've done my fair share of watching wrestling and being very knowledgeable at it. But I have a a beautiful wife and 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 a kid and and one on the way, so I don't. You know, I have the WWE Network and I can't even watch. And I don't even watch <laughs> a lot of the WWE Network. I don't even uh, the most most of the, on the WWE Network, most of the things I watch are NXT. I keep up with NXT every week, so I, w- I watch NXT. And a lot of times, I don't even want. Most of the times, I don't even watch that live. And I watch documentaries. Like I, I, I like going car. I'm a personal tra- certified personal trainer, so I like going to the gym. I want and during my cardio, I do about like an hour cardio. And during my cardio sessions, I usually look at documentaries because that that's a good time filler while I'm doing cardio. And so like for instance I watched the Usos documentary yesterday which was really 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 good 
lot of people were saying some good things about it, and I watched it yesterday for the for the first time, and it was really good. And so, I you know I don't go back and just watch wrestling. Although if I got paid to do, I mean I'm paying you know paying positions as a journalist, but you know if I can you know raise my family and 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 my and as watching wrestling all day, hey I'd do it. I'd love to do it. That'd be a dream job, but I can't right now, of course. But you know, you're not just just because you know just because you know people don't people people probably watch wrestling just like you or or less doesn't mean that uh, you can excuse yourself from having wrong answers, Mister Wrestling uh, Extremist, uh, Wrestling Connoisseur. No excuses. Next, uh, or here's the next question to you. You say you have one for me. Go, go for it. I have one for you. Okay. In 2004, I met, or I was with Ricky Dragon, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at a bar. I bought him a beer. <laughs> what beer was that? Well, you don't know. <laughs> uh, very, very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. What's your trivia question? Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, let me give let me let me give uh, RioWrestling dot net a plug here uh, because uh, I really appreciate the fact that they allow this show to uh, to air live via stream. So, uh, speaking of John Chris, one of the um, avid uh, supporters of the RioWrestling dot net page, he said, speaking of NXT every week, starting either the first or the eighth. He will be starting his uh, official We Are Wrestling Live commentary show over NXT. Uh, the the site will be putting the show on mute and calling the matches live as fans. May even set up a calling system, call-in system, meaning you, the We Are Wrestling fans, can call in the show and join the commentary booth as we call the match. So that should be pretty interesting. I'm a huge fan of NXT. Huge fan of NXT. I think NXT is an amazing product. Uh, night and day from when they were just having a bunch of pros and rookies. Um, so, yeah, definitely be sure to, to follow NXT. All right, let's let's skim through Raw here because uh, we still got some, some, some things to do here. Next question, by the way, and this goes to Derek. Um, uh, real quick, uh, Wrestling Connoisseur says, what are your thoughts on the Ascension? Um, uh Ryan and I, Ryan uh, Fuqua, he's one of our other, um, he's an analyst here on uh, the Pancakes of Power Slam show. Uh, he and I are are, are very, uh, we, we, we are eye to eye on the Ascension. I'm not a fan of the Ascension. I like their, I liked the character in NXT, but I certainly don't think that they, I just, you know, they're just a little bit bland. You know, Victor and Connor. The Ascension, you know, I think that their characters start to die down a little bit. You know, they had the title for for a long time, almost a year. And I think it's one of those things that seeing more and more and more of the Ascension, initially they were just amazing, they were awesome. But to me, their stock started to die down uh, just because I just really didn't see much Variety. I didn't see just. I, I didn't see like a good dynamic within their within their character at all. 
and now they're coming up to uh, the main roster. And eh, I, I, I think, you know, I'd give them a shot in the main roster because I follow them on NXT. I'd give them a shot in the main roster. I don't think it's a horrible idea. But it's funny how they lost to Finn Balor uh, and, and Hideo Itami at uh, NXT, and then they <laughs> moved up to to uh, to the main roster to you know to try to to try to uh make a make an impact there. So uh, you know, we'll see. I, I can I can definitely see the Ascension versus the Usos. I, I I totally can see that for sure. Um yeah, I I I totally can see that being a good match. I just really don't hope that they align themselves with Bray Wyatt, which there was some rumors going on with that. Do not align the Ascension with Bray Wyatt. That's a totally different type of breed of of, of weirdness, you know. So, you know, I'm not going to knock it till I try it type of thing in, in, in this regard. Um, so we'll see. I'm not going to totally just disown them coming up to the main roster. But, you know, towards their stock in NXT – and I agree. I agree with the comment. You know, impressed until Kenneth Cameron left. I, I agree with that um, because when they had a different variation of the Ascension, uh, you know, yeah, they, they they they're impactful. They're they're dominant. They're impressive. But you know, I, I don't think the charisma is there as, as much as uh, it was initially. So, all right. Well, let's get the raw. Next question. Next trivia question is. Um, and this is easy, uh, you know. Here's the thing: when I have uh, my, my my Crave Wrestling staff, you know, as the founder of Crave Wrestling, as the uh, you know, I always got to make my staff like me. It's important to 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 please my staff, you know, uh, my team, and of course Derek and Ryan. And it's like you got to make them feel good. You know, to, to you know, to to make them, you know, you know how it is being uh, uh, a lot of people who own businesses and and are, are managers of some sort. You you got to make your your staff, you got to make your team feel important, right? And so, with that being said, I'm going to ask Derek a question, a trivia question, and this is for the sake of just making, just reassuring my appreciation for you, Derek, of being a part of my team and just making you understand how important you are and how how good of a wrestling scholar you are, man. You're so good. So with that being said, Derek, what was the name of Kamala's manager? You know, just, you know, it's a tough question, but, you know, show me how much of an amazing scholar you are when it comes to wrestling. What was the, what was the name of, of Kamala's manager, Derek? See, I can't. I, I I even tried to give him an easy question. I'm sure someone's going to blow you out the water uh, through Twitter or WeAreWrestling.net live stream. Um, so I see. Here's the thing. I even tried. I even tr- I tried. This is an easy question. Something Akbar. Um... No, it wasn't Scandor Akbar. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about the WWE. It was pretty blasty for a bit, wasn't it? No, come on. 
He wore a mask. He was the the, the jungle guy. Harvey Whippleman. No. No, he didn't wear a mask. So sad. It was kimchi. Come on. Kimchi played by the Brooklyn Brawler. Kimchi. All right. Well, yeah, and of course, you know, WeAreWrestling.net got it correct. Kimchi was the correct answer. But, all right, well, how how about this? How, how about this? How about this, Derek? Let me – it was too difficult for you, surprisingly. Here's the next question. What was The Undertaker's name when he debuted in the WWE? What was his name when he debuted? In the WWE? Yes. It was not Mean Mark Callis. No, it wasn't. That was his WCW name. It was The Undertaker. No, it wasn't The Undertaker. See, I'm trying, Derek. I'm trying to. Just, I'm, 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 I'm throwing a bone at you, and you're just totally missing it. Giving you an alley oop, and you're rim jamming. Come on, man. Throwing you a, a pass right to you, right to your chest, and you're just dropping it, man. Unbelievable. His name was Kane the Undertaker. When he first came into the WWE, his name was Kane the Undertaker. Oh, boy. All right, Derek, how about this? What year did WrestleMania debut? Is that is that easy enough for you? What year did WrestleMania debut? 18... 1985. All right. Sheesh. 1985. Kane the Undertaker. What was that for? Like superstars that was on at midnight on Saturday. No, he was he was Kane the Undertaker when he debuted at Survivor Series. That was his name. Who was his manager? It was DB. It was well, DiBiase introduced him. Brother Love came out with him, and he was a part of uh, he was a part of DiBiase's team. Um. And they went against Dusty Rhodes' team, who had Dusty Rhodes, Coco Beware, and the Hart Foundation. Oh, good for How you. How about that? Uh-huh. How about that? Nobody All right, let's get, let's, let's get into, let's, let's get the Raw right quick, actually. And and, and on that team, uh, the Undertaker was uh, eliminated by Countout because he was uh, chasing away Dusty Rhodes. So... And he eliminated Coco Beware with a very odd-looking tombstone at that time. Uh, I'm glad that he got the, his tombstone game a lot better because it was a weird, it was a very weird-looking tombstone. Really could have broke someone's neck. But real quick, let's get to Raw and SmackDown. With Raw, we have a white. It was Raw as Jericho. We had an in-ring promo with Raw. We had a Heyman coming out and start talking about Seth Rollins. Rollins appears. Uh, bullies Heyman until John Cena comes out, and we have Jericho book Cena versus Rollins and Jericho versus Heyman. Uh, we also saw Big Show and Luke Harper defeating Eric Rowan and Dark- Dolph Ziggler. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know Eric Rowan d- did lose again, so he lost uh, three straight times, and that's that's what I thought. But it was two singles matches they lost. Natalia and Lisa Fox defeating the Bella Twins. Uh, highlight reel was uh, Rusev with Lana, and then Jericho's go back and forth with him, and then Rusev, uh, Ryback appears, and I stare down with Rusev. 
The New Day uh, defeating Golden Stardust, uh, Kane defeating Adam Rose, and Tombstones the Bunny and, and, um, and post-match. Uh, Y2J defeating Paul Heyman. Brock Lesnar comes out and F5's Jericho. Manhandles him. Fandango has an in-ring promo. The Roman Reigns comes out and spears him. Big Show comes out and uh, gets Superman punched. And then <laughs> uh, uh, the main event for Raw, it's, it just ends up being Seth Rollins versus John Cena in a cage. Rollins wins. Lesnar comes out and takes out Cena. Uh, and then on the Super SmackDown, we saw Roman Reigns defeating Fandango. The Usos and Eric Rowan defeating Miz, Miz down Luke Harper. Ryback defeating Seth Rollins. Uh, well, no, I'm sorry, Ryback going against Seth Rollins, but uh, he gets attacked by Rusev. And then Rollins cuts a promo, and it sets up him and Ziggler late in the, late in the show. Nikki Bella defeating Naomi. That... Yeah, I'm actually okay with that addition to the Miz and Mizdow versus uh, Usos feud. Kane defeating Adam Rose again, and of course Dolph Ziggler defeating Seth Rollins cleanly, which I was uh, which I was uh, very happy about. So just some 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 takeaways from Raw, real quick. Just one, I mean, just it wasn't a horrible Raw just because Jer- the Jericho element, but. My biggest takeaway from Raw is the fact that they I, I I totally despised the Jericho and Lesnar segment. Jericho versus Lesnar is such a money match. You set up Punk versus Lesnar for SummerSlam last year. It was a heck of a match. It was an amazing match. I'm not a Punk fan. Everybody knows I'm not a fan of CM Punk. By any stretch, but you know I'm not I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler. I'll give him props; he's a good wrestler. But I'm not a fan by any stretch of CM Punk. But him and the, the match between him and Lesnar was was spot on. It was just you know awesome. It was an awesome match. Just imagine what Jericho and Lesnar can do if they had a build behind them. That is money written all over it, and I think that they flushed money down the drain by having Lesnar just come out, pick up, you know, Jericho like a rag doll, and F5 him. Just a wasted segment to me. It was absolutely ridiculous, and I couldn't stand it. As far as Super SmackDown is concerned, you know, you have no John Cena for a live, for a live show celebrating WWE Week, which is really weird. No Bray Wyatt, uh, you know, big Bray Wyatt involvement, and he was in your main event. And then Ambrose cuts a promo. and uh, You know, it's like this was really – this really made SmackDown look like B-League, even though it was live. You know, I'm glad that Dolph Ziggler gets the clean win. I was totally okay with it. I'm glad that he had it. But it was just absolutely ridiculous um to to not have these people involved in in the smackdown live version that wouldn't you know it wouldn't make me want to see the ones taped if i see this being a lackluster you know b level live show so that's why i think the split should come but that's another flavor of the week topic for another day but uh like i said we, you know we only got a few minutes left um but my biggest thing was just Jericho and Lesnar was money just flushed down the drain to me. Yeah, it was absolute garbage. I mean, 
too, too bad of a shame. And with Fondango, I want to point that out. I mean, it's such a horrible thing they're doing with this character. Absolute garbage. And I'm, everybody knows I'm the Fondango guy. I mean, that should be my hashtag. FondongoGuyDerek.com. Yeah, that is your but hashtag. Yeah, might as well. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. You know, but anyway. So I had to put a plug out that. You hit the nail on the head. So let's get the flavor of the week. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we we really have a couple minutes left. We're going to talk about uh, WrestleMania 2000. We're going to talk about the entire pay-per-view because it was the TLC uh, uh, advent of the TLC match. Um, but it actually was a triangle ladder match. Uh, TLC was really invented that year, that SummerSlam. So we're going to talk about SummerSlam 2000. Uh, next week, and also more of WrestleMania 2002. But um, yeah, anyway, it, it was not as bad as I. It, uh, people think people tout away that it was the worst pay per view of all time, uh, as far as WrestleMania is concerned. I don't think it was. I like the, the Triple Threat match was really really good uh, between Benoit Angle and Jericho. Um, you know, Ed and Christian and Dudley's and Hardy's and their triangle ladder match was good. Uh, the hardcore battle royal was was cool to see, and then the four man wasn't wasn't a, wasn't that bad. You know, it was one of the rare occasions where the winner of the Royal Rumble didn't win the title, but you know, Triple H they really had big high hopes for him, so it wasn't as bad as it wasn't as bad as as people say it is to me. Yeah, it wasn't as bad. I mean, it was kind of, I don't remember a whole lot from it. I know I watched it and saw it. But uh, it was it was a good TLC match. There was a couple other good matches. He had uh, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho were in the same match. So um, And Kurt Angle as well. I mean, they probably tore the house down, which they always do. So, you know, given time, yeah. it was better than other WrestleManias that I can remember, but not one that sticks out in my head for sure. Yep. Absolutely, uh, just like just like Derek says all the time, ninety minutes is never enough, and uh, this week is uh, living proof that uh, that <laughs> that is so true. It reigns that that uh, comment reigns supreme. So we got to close up for tonight. Uh, I will hang out in uh, the the thread to thank you guys and have a, some brief conversation for a couple of minutes. Um, so until then, you know, throw, throw some some trivia questions at me as well. I got a few more trivia questions that I'm going to say uh, on the live thread. So thank you all for listening. And uh, another week, episode 143, uh, will be our our Christmas uh, edition. Uh, so thank you so much for uh, the upcoming shows and supporting us. Uh, until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. Have a great week. Daddy loves Elijah, and God bless. Goodbye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.